And so, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so, to some degree, or to a big degree, the first stage, the first two stages of this process, just being with the breath as it is, knowing the breath as it is, is a calming process in and of itself because usually we're not just with things in a simple knowing way. We're usually engaged or contracted or resistant or something. And as we kind of let go of all the usual ways of kind of interacting with things and just rely on just knowing, um, the mind relaxes and the mind relaxes and a lot of the tensions in the body get relaxed. And that's pretty commonly known that just being with the breath can have a calming effect. Um, however, here the Buddha also allows us or encourages us to be actively involved in this calming, tranquilizing, settling of the body, relaxing of the body, and um, to take it further than just make what or quicker than how it happened just on its own. And as we do this, some people have the experience of becoming more and more aware of places where they're tense. And uh, don't worry about it; just that's part of the process. You kind of discover these places. Don't feel like you have to be in a hurry or you're failing because you can't relax it. It's enough just to hold it in awareness, just to be soft around it. I've wasted a lot of time in meditation watching some kind of tension that existed and uh, watching it like a cat in a mouse hole, you know, kind of waiting for it to relax. Kind of, I'll just watch it, I'll be with it, I'll just see it relax. And then uh, come back at some future sitting and it's relaxed. What happened to it? You know, I didn't, I didn't get to see the process, you know. I had this idea that I was supposed to get to, get to watch it. You know, you might or might not. You know, don't, don't, just your job is to be there present for it. And some of the softening might just be softening around something. So your relationship to it is not tense and gripping. Part of the trap in this last stage, uh, the fourth stage of calming the body, is that uh, people think that's what it's all about, just calming. And they just get kind of really overly ambitious. And that's all they're doing is so constantly engineering and actively trying to relax this and that and this and that. And doing it. And you've got to be kind of easy about this process. Uh, if you're making it too much of a project, you're probably just keeping yourself agitated. There's a balance between calming the mind, letting the mind become settled and calm, and the doing part of meditation. So if you're doing the relaxing thing, relaxing your body, and the mind is spinning around trying to do too much, like an engineering project, it doesn't really work. So the mind has to be kind of very soft and spacious and allowing. And um, so that's why going back to the earlier stages is sometimes good. And not just not only spend your time relaxing, 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 but go back and forth and kind of do it as it feels good, as it feels helpful. Um, if it doesn't feel helpful, then don't do it. Very easy, right? So what do you think of that? What was your experience like? Or what were your comments or questions at this? If you're using the mic, it would be helpful. Can you explain what relaxing your mind means? Um, can I explain what relaxing the mind is? Um, it might, it's different things in different times and for different people. Um, the mind, uh, sometimes the, the, if people associate the mind with the brain, there can be a lot of ten- physical tension connected to that mind. 
um, you know, people, if they, if you're really thinking about something hard, you know, the eyebrows get kind of all knitted up and so the tension is there. There can also be pressure, a uh, sense of pressure, attention, even inside the skull that's there, or in the scalp, different places, and sometimes in the jaws and the teeth. So sometimes it's relaxing those parts of the mind, the brain, the body that seems very closely connected, close by to the mind, wherever your mind happens to be. I suppose if some people think their mind is in their heart or in their belly, the same thing would be true there, whatever is really close to it, the physical, to relax it. Sometimes it has to do with the speed of the thinking mind. Sometimes the thinking mind is very, kind of one thought after the other is coming very fast. The thoughts themselves are harsh or tight or graspy. And you can kind of, just like you listen to the quality of someone's voice and hear if that voice is anxious or tight or harried or, you know, all kinds of things. You can listen to your own uh, thinking voice. It's possible to take that inner voice of the mind and, and quiet it and relax it. So it's not necessarily so physical, but it, you know, there's something there. Also, the mind sometimes, if it's too many things going on, too many preoccupations, too many concerns, too much we're resisting, too many things we're afraid of, too many things we want, the mind can feel actually very narrow, very small, very compact. Uh, a relaxed mind feels very expansive, spacious, open. And sometimes when the mind is really relaxed, the mind feels actually bigger than the body. You know, it's as big as the room, bigger than the room. It just feels like it has no boundaries to it. So, as, as so relaxing a sense of being bounded or localized. If the mind feels localized, then there's some tension there. So relaxing the sense of being localized in one place. So those are some of the things. Is that helpful? Can you relate to that? Yes, I can. But at the same time, I start falling asleep when I do that. Ah, yes. So the relaxing thing is dangerous because you might fall asleep. <clears throat> and... Um, so this is where uh, meditation involves a balance, finding the right balance between energy and calm. And so sitting up straight, being energetic also is important. So calming the body doesn't mean you calm away the energy, calm away the alertness that's there. I think of it mostly as relaxing the tension that's held in the body, relaxing that. But you don't want to relax the tension and, and lose your vitality. So uh, I think everybody, anybody who meditates for some amount of time is going to run into getting so calm they start drifting off. Either the mind kind of drifts off in dreamlike states or you actually fall asleep or a variety of things. You get complacent, kind of easygoing, lackadaisical with it all. So it's very important to watch that you don't have the sinking mind and then arouse some energy. So either physical energy, you can sit up straighter or some people do faster walking meditation to get the energy flowing and they come back to sit with that energy. Um, and also it's possible to arouse mental energy, mental effort. And that's a little bit harder for some people to figure out how to do, but there's an art to doing that too. One way, if you're doing mindfulness and you're doing mental noting, you can note a little bit faster, note a little bit more often. You know? So that way your mind's a little bit more energized doing that. Um, and, um, or if you're using mental noting to um, uh, note with a little bit louder voice, mental inner voice, just a little louder just to kind of get the energy going. But also it's possible to arouse kind of a mental energy, mental alertness, kind of a, kind of a clarity or lightness in the mind, sense of light in the mind. Um, so it's a bit harder to kind of, you know, but you know, it happens, you know, if you're falling asleep at the wheel driving your car and then this big semi kind of pulls right in front of you, kind of almost cuts you off, you're going to, your mind's going to be energized. <laughs> you know, <it's>, wow. <laughs> and, and I can't believe I was sleeping. I feel... <laughs> So, you know, mental, or say in a different way, 
the mental energy that's there has sometimes to do with our relationship to experience. And if we're resistant or if we're, if we're aversive or if we have a judgment that this is boring or if we have a judgment this has no value for me, then sometimes the mind kind of begins to sink. And if we think that, oh, this is good for me and I'm going to be the next Buddha or this is really frightening for me or this is really, you know, I'm going to be the next Mara, you know, then the mind's suddenly energized, you know. Praise and blame is a great energizer of the mind. And, uh, but if it doesn't praise or blame us, some people just fall asleep because you know, it doesn't relate to me then. So there's all kinds of ways in which mental energy uh, has something to do with a, a relationship to what's going on. And, and um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a variable that can be adjusted. So it's not so easy to figure out how to adjust the, the mental energy thing, but it can be done. So that's a very important to balance. So right now the emphasis here is on relaxing, but I take it to be, to be following the instruction um, um, when when sits cross-legged with body erect, direct means to me, you know, kind of alert, kind of energized, and um, so um, and there's a balance. And the paradox, I don't know if it's a paradox, the irony or something, is that you can actually get much, much more deeply relaxed if you have good energy. If you just take the the first route to relaxation you can find, you know, just the normal way of relaxing, just kind of relaxing everything and you give up your energy, you can only go so far as like you reach a, you know, you might go so far as you falling asleep. But sleep is not the most relaxed state you can get into. And uh, many times I've gotten up in the morning to meditate and found myself feeling more relaxed after my meditation than I did waking up from sleep. That meditation can actually get you in deeper states of relaxation while you still have alert energy. And so what I'm trying to say here is you can go much further, much deeper, deeper in relaxation if you have energy, if you're alert than you can if you just let go completely of your energy. Your yes, Mary. Here we have two mics, so. So in, in getting um, more relaxed, which was very helpful, and it, it, the, the process of um, feeling my body, the three-dimensionality of it, the waves and all that, it seemed to, you know, I live pretty tight and it's hard sometimes to feel emotions. So then emotions start to arise. And I was kind of like, well, should I follow these or ignore them? Or, you know, what, what should I do here? What should you do? What's your choice? You know, you, so, you know, with the classic, you know, there's all that kinds of different instructions or, or ways of relating to our experience that you, ha- you, you can choose from. Um, and when normally in the mindfulness instruction we give, the instructions are pay attention to what is predominant. So if the emotions become predominant, just turn to that and feel that. Um, and it, sometimes they really need attention. You, you know, you have to you have to attend to them. Uh, this, this 16 stages, I think, uh, presupposes that no, people are not going to have huge emotional reactions like this to deal with. It's you know, it's like step by step. You just you know, you do this and you get this, and then you know, pretty soon you're enlightened. It's very nice. But in, in the messiness of life, there's all this other stuff that goes on. So, um, so one thing you can turn towards it and do mindfulness of emotions. The other thing is that the, the relaxing of the body, the softening body, might still be relevant because some of the emotions we have come with tension. So sometimes I've taught kids about mindfulness of emotions by having them act out emotions. To tell them, all these kids, you know, the eight-year-olds, you know, be really angry, mime anger for me. And they all kind of gnarling at me. And then I say, okay, now freeze. And they're all frozen in different postures. 
It's going to notice your body, what posture you're in, you know, what's going on in your body. Now, what do you have to do to, um, to uh, let go of your anger? And then they all say, well, just relax your body. Just you know, let go of all that tension. So be, be afraid. And they're all afraid. Can okay, now relax your body? And the fear goes away. And it's a little bit idealistic, but the idea being to show them that there's a connection between our emotions and our body. And that we have some choice, perhaps, to, uh, with, to have a positive effect on some emotions by relaxing the body. So you just keep washing the body, washing the tension. And the advantage of that is then you don't get engaged in the emotion. Because some people really love to get in there, and, or, or you know, they love it, but they just do. And they're negotiating and arguing and fixing and doing this and that with the emotions. You're just kind of stuck in the maze. And sometimes just kind of getting out of its way and just relaxing the body with it, knowing it's there can be helpful. It, it, the, the emotion was a, was a softer emotion, but the other thing that happened was, um, I didn't follow it, but in continuing the process, I had this sort of moment of feeling like, I, I guess it was like contentment. You know, just like, well, everything is fine. Everything is going to be okay. Or, you know, it, it was like, oh, is this PT now? Have I, <laughs> I moved along? But it didn't last either. Good. Great, great. This is, yeah. So, I mean, I think the hope uh, is that as you do this process, that you do feel, start feeling uh, some really nice feelings, some good feelings. Peace, calm, contentment, and as we'll see this afternoon, joy. But uh, you, know, you can't be joyful yet, because then you know, <laughs> you're, you're ahead of the program. <laughs> and um, so, anybody else? Please. <clears throat> And what I like about the breathing and giving yourself instructions is um, it helps me a little bit to prioritize. And um, not just in the meditation, but um, throughout the day. So what I'm doing, because the breathing is always there, so you just follow it. And I have the feeling that all my problems, all my challenges are still there, but I can move through it more gracefully. I don't have another word, but... It feels like I can keep a certain posture, even though I shift once in a while, but um, it feels yeah, more reassuring. Great. Yeah, yeah. it gives you a, a kind of a vantage point or a leverage in your life that's very effective. That doesn't require you to kind of understand the sophisticated natures of the mind. You know, you can understand the details of why you feel the way you feel. Uh, you can just kind of relax. And the, the, the body is a lubricator. And I check in with my, my breath all the time. You know, in your daily life, see, noticing. Even when I'm talking here, I'm checking in. I'm kind of, kind of have it to notice, and I notice that I start tightening up or tensing in different ways, different for different reasons. And sometimes the tensing seems, you know, appropriate, and sometimes I'll soften. You know, just soften. And sometimes that softening, the relaxing of the body, um, can cut through, make it a lot easier, the working through certain emotions than if I did my psychoanalysis with it. So yeah, it's a, great, it's a great aid through the day. I call it the great lubricator. It keeps your day, your, your, your day lubricated. Soft. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, um, let's do uh, have lunch. And um, for lunch, uh, you're welcome to talk to each other if you'd like. But I think what I'd like to ask is that I think it might be nice is to keep this room here, the meditation hall, a place where there's no talking. I mean, if you're in here, you'll hear talking out there. So 
that you have to, that's part of it. But you know, if you want to come and know that no one's going to talk to you, you can come in here. And, and um, but don't eat in here. <laughs> and then, um, and then people who know how can set up picnic tables in the in the outer hall and we can sit around there and have lunch and talk if you'd like. Uh, you're welcome to take these chairs outside, I suppose. But when you bring them back in. Um, make sure that the bottom doesn't pick up any dirt or mud or something so that you don't get the floor dirty. Maybe get a paper towel or something and clean it before you put it in the rug here. And, um, and those, if you want, those, some of them you have name tags on the board or there are name tags that you put out there in the drawer. It might be nice if you put, have people can see your name. Some of you are doing the program for the year, so it's nice that people get familiar with your name and know who you are. Uh, so um, maybe during lunch you can do that. And then we'll start again at 10 after 1. And, um, and uh, we're going to go right into discussion of joy. So I don't think you want to be late. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be grumpy. <laughs>